There's always something hot happening in South Florida. Talk now with Brian Mudd on News Radio 610 WIOD. The Mu variant, which is present in 39 countries, there's early kind of a thought that it might be able to evade some antibodies, which could spell trouble. Tell you, I, I hear Mu and I think Moo. Mm, think of cows. Anyway, not our biggest issue right now in Florida. Hopefully, we just get lucky on that one. Speaking of getting lucky, things are heading in the right direction. We have the lowest uh, trend line for new COVID-19 cases since first couple of days of August. So we'll take that and hopefully build upon it. Question then becomes, well, are we almost beyond this surge with the Delta variants? Joining us to talk about this is FIU's brilliant immunologist, Dr. Eileen Marty. So, Dr. Marty, this is an unfair question for you, but I figure you know what to do with it. Are we past the summer surge of COVID cases? So that is a challenging question because we're things are looking better at the moment, but we're not yet accounting for what may or may not manifest from this holiday weekend. And those parts of our communities that are not taking precautions in uh, in indoor settings, particularly in schools. Now, the good news, of course, is that um, most of the schools are being very, very responsible. At all. And when I say schools, I mean the whole kit and caboodle from pre-K to universities. Um, and uh, and we, the impact of that won't be seen until you know, another couple of weeks and the impact of the, of what's going on with, uh, uh, the Labor Day weekend again won't be seen until, you know, the second half of September at best. Given that, you know, kids have been back in school for weeks at this point and what you just mentioned about being past Labor Day weekend, are there no natural catalysts that you're aware of until we get to the holidays? Natural catalyst, you mean additional moments where we can see <laughs> more more rising cases? You got it. It, it. You know, it just boils down to mass gatherings, particularly in indoor spaces, with people that don't take precautions. And even if there's so much virus around, even with people who do take precautions in, in those settings. So uh, if you know of sports events or, or rock events or whatever that bring people together, you can pretty much predict that from those there will be cases. And Dr. Marty, uh, here we are taking a look at uh, the potential for boosters. The date had been outlined of September 20th that perhaps they could start. I know the FDA is still reviewing information to make a recommendation. Also, taking a look at uh, information sharing with Israel where boosters have been underway. Have you been able to infer much at this point about the, the boosters and uh, perhaps you know timeline and efficacy? We've had a number of meetings about this, myself and a, and a set of international colleagues. In fact, uh, we're scheduled for one later this, later today. Um, and what we're looking at basically is what is going on immunologically as best we can measure with individuals who ha- were vaccinated many months ago. And we're also looking at net outcomes in terms of uh, health risks, right? So... As is now well known, there there is a significant amount of breakthrough 
uh, in people who've been vaccinated. But, but it is also true that these individuals do much better than their unvaccinated counterparts. Even when we have to hospitalize them, we are able to turn them around a lot faster. So it's a matter of, yes, there's a definite drop in their, uh, you know, in antibodies and in measurable cells. However, uh, for example, we've seen individuals who, um, whose levels had dropped and almost immediately after receiving a third shot because they fall into certain categories, their their numbers rose uh, dramatically. And that doesn't mean that those new antibodies were created because of the vaccine at that time. That's a reflection, since it happened so quickly, it's a reflection that there were memory cells there that were ready to uh, put up a fight against the virus Instantly, so they were already there when it happens that quickly, and then they're going to get an even higher amount. Now, it is really a great idea to give a third. It's incredibly important to give a third shot to individuals who never mounted a strong response, and that's why that EUA has already been done, uh, and that's why those individuals are definitely getting it. Now, the rest of us who may have mounted a good response. That's a little more questionable, but but it is still true that you do get an increase in value as a booster for those of us that already had a good uh, dose. And it's also true that the better the overall protection is in our community, the more we reduce transmission and therefore the more we reduce the formation of new variants. So that's where the... the that and the fact that, on the other hand, do we have enough vaccine to give to the rest of the world that needs it, too, and where, again, new variants can form and human tragedy happens. So the, the question is, does the bump up that's real from getting the booster make enough of a difference in overall impact to the pandemic versus uh, using that vaccine to give to communities where there is no vaccination. And one thing is absolutely clear right now, uh, vaccination is safe and effective and there are no safety signals. In other words, there's no harm done, right, by getting that third shot. Well, that is really good information. And, and Dr. Marty, you referenced, you know, people who had perhaps not a, a very good response to original vaccinations are there any broad themes for people to know whether they fit into that category or not? For example, we had heard that perhaps people who had side effects to the vaccines, um, you know, in, in some cases, you know, somewhat meaningful side effects, that actually might be a good thing because, you know, the body was reacting to it. Are, are those tells for people? Well, the best way of knowing that you probably need a third dose is to review your medical conditions, right? How old someone is, because unfortunately, the older we are, the, the, our immune cells just don't have the same oomph, just, just like we might not have the same oomph in general, uh, from <laughs> when we were 20 year olds, right? Um, so, that's one. The next is, of course, what medication someone is on. Are they on immunomodulators, medications that reduce their body's immune uh, 
ability to form the best long-lasting memory T's and memory B cells and therefore the best antibodies as well. And, you know, many of the autoimmune diseases that people have uh, include the use of immunomodulators. Not all the immunomodulators that we use will impact at all on the ability to form good immunity, but some will. And so those individuals need to talk to their doctors. What am I on? And does this reduce the, my possibility of having, you know, made a good antibody response? And then, and, and that of course includes transplant patients who are, who are on purpose on immunosuppressive drugs because we don't want them to reject their transplanted organs. And then there's certain types of malignancies, not all malignancies, that also have an impact on the body's ability to make a good response to a vaccine. And Dr. Marty, should September 20th turn out to be the day when there is a green light given for boosters? We have had the questions about switching from one manufacturer to another. And, you know, we, we've heard that on September 20th, if that's the day, Pfizer looks like it's going to be ready to go. Perhaps there might be a delay for Moderna. J&J is, is much farther from the conversation at this point. Any additional information along those lines? So there's a lot of information on this. Um, remember, we, you know, we, we generally want to follow the science. That's really what we want to do. And that's why Moderna is going to take longer because they, they just didn't have all the data ready to present as early as Pfizer did. Um, but, they, you know, they've done it now, and it simply takes time to go through the data. And that's also true of the J&J. We, we didn't start vaccinating people with J&J for months after we had already started with Pfizer and Moderna. So we don't have the data, and we really want to go that way. In terms of mixing the vaccines, the that data mostly comes from uh, other countries like Canada, the UK, Israel, Germany, et cetera, Spain, all these nations where they have done some mixing and matchings of vaccines. From the studies that they've done um, and the evidence from my international colleagues, yeah, Dr. Uh, Dr. Eileen Marty, and you know that information is invaluable that she continues to provide, and uh, you know she's on the cutting edge. Along as she mentions, you know the folks she works with internationally, uh, she is an advisor to the World Health Organization. I think they would be a lot better off if they listened to her most of the time. And uh, you know we are so fortunate to have her as a source of information right here in South Florida. FIU's Dr. Eileen Marty will be right back. Natalie and Trinity Story here on the Brian Mutt Show. He's ready with 610 WIOD.